The Golden Valley's 95.3 Triple M. Well, I've been very lucky over the past few weeks to be doing interviews with some of the biggest artists in this country and internationally. And in that time, I can't think of a band that I've spoken to ever that have had more buzz than the band, uh, lead singer of the band, I'm about to talk to. In just a few short years, the band Bad Wolves have come together and delivered pile-driving heavy music to the masses. Now, the majority of you out there probably best know them from their cover of the Cranberries classic, Zombie, which I'll bring in case you have forgotten... It is such an amazing cover done by these guys, and they've got so much going on. They're actually on their way out to Australia to do some acoustic shows, and I'm joined on the phone by lead singer Tommy Vexed. How are you, man? Hey, what's up, Billy? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing really well, Tommy. Thanks for your time, and uh, as I said before, congratulations on all the success you've had. Has it blown you away that in just a few short years you guys are at where you are? Uh, I mean, it's hard to, like... We, we've been working and touring so much. It's like we don't have a moment to sit and stop, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like we, we it's just, uh, it's all very surreal. You know, we wound up playing about 200 shows in 2018. And, you know, in 2019, we, we played, we toured in Australia with Nickelback and we went back to Europe and we did all the festivals and some headlining shows and, you know, we're about to, we just got off, a, we went, did a summer tour with Papa Roach and Asking Alexandria, and now we're going back out in the States with Five Finger and Three Days Grace, and then uh, I'll be in Australia doing an acoustic tour with Danny from Asking Alexandria. So it's just constant touring, you know, and we made a record in like, in between all those tour dates, we made a new album and it's coming out next week. Yeah, it's out next week. The album is called Nation, and we're going to speak about that very soon. Now, Tommy, you were just saying to me off air, you've spent a bit of time uh, in uh, oh, Down Under, as they say. Oh, yeah, spent some time down under. <laughs> spent some time in Brisbane, mate, and uh, Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast. I did get to, last year, I did get to visit uh, Australia Zoo. Steve Irwin is like a childhood hero of mine. Oh, wow, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I my ex girlfriend is uh, from Brisbane, and so I made her take me to the, to the Australia Zoo when I was uh, when I was staying there last September. Did you pet a koala bear? I did. I met a wombat. I met a koala bear. I watched them feed the crocs. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. There were some otters. I met an echidna. That's I did in uh, in a, when I was in fourth grade. I did a, a report, a book report on the echidna, which is. I don't. Know, I don't know if everyone knows what that is. It's, uh, it's they're related. They're a marsupial related to the platypus. They're the only living marsupial that is directly related to a duck or a platypus. They are native to your country, and they look like an anteater had a baby with a hedgehog. <laughs> Weirdest looking animal in the whole wide world. I got to tell you something, and I'm a little bit embarrassed, Tommy, but I didn't even know that fact, <laughs> and I'm surrounded right. by I, them. <laughs> I'm not cool. I'm not a cool rock star. I'm a giant nerd. Uh, most rock stars that I know are actually quite nerdy, so it's uh, you're in good company, my friend. Now, I want to talk about, obviously, the, the song Zombie, and there's a, there's a very special story behind this. And I guess when I say special, Tommy, I, I want to be very careful here. Obviously, we, we know what happened to uh, Cranberry's lead singer, Dolores O'Ridden, which was, which was very sad. But from what I understand, uh, she heard your version of the song and she was blown away by it and wanted to be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, well, we wound up 
tracking our version. Uh, we, we did a cover of the song, and basically I was unsure that we should release it on the record. And this was back in 2017. And I was on tour with Five Finger Death Punch at Wembley Arena, and I met uh, Dan Waite, who works at 11.7 in the UK, which is our record label. Mm. And he loved the song, and he's a longtime family friend of Dolores. And he said, hey, you know, uh, you know, if it was cool with you, maybe we should send it to her and see if she would, you know, if she likes it. Mm. And then I was, I felt like if she approved of the song, then I would feel good about it to put it on the record. So two days later, she called back and was like, it's amazing. It's brilliant. And I want to, I want to sing on it. Mm. So that was it. You know, we were like, oh, wow. Okay. So a week or two, a week and a half later, she was, we had a studio set up in London and she flew to London and she was scheduled to record and the night before, um, tragically, as everyone knows, she, she passed away. And so, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of processing to do. Mm. And we, we didn't know if we should release the song. And then we ultimately spoke with the family and we asked for their consent to release it and then donate the proceeds to her children. Wow. And that's what we did. And the world responded, you know, in a, in a very huge way. Mm. And so, you know, we, we wound up, the song went platinum in the United States and gold in Australia and double platinum in Canada and diamond in Europe and it went gold in Sweden. And, and so, you know, because the fans um, supported it and bought it, we were, we were able to eat almost by within two months donate a quarter of a million dollars to our family. And so, and so then, and now as the, as the proceeds come in, they just, get funneled to her, her family so i mean it, it's a it's like it's it's a testament to what the rock community is about you know and we you know we might not be invited to the fancy hollywood parties and you know hang out with the celebrities like the other pop stars and but you know we're the music of the people we are it's for it's for the people by the people of the people and mm. i think we did something that was incredible and it was a very sad uh tragic story it had a little bit of triumph in it. That's a, that's, a, that's a really good way to put it, Tommy, because I guess out of the sadness and, and, and the magnitude of that loss, which the entire world rock community felt because of her amazing talent and indeed the band, uh, I think what you did, uh, not just for, for her, but I think what you just rightly said for the, for, the, for the rock community as a whole that was mourning, you really gave some hope and, uh, and almost like a big hug uh, to, to all the fans saying, hey, we're, we're, we're going to do this. Uh, you did it so well. I mean, I, I was, when I first first saw it, when I first heard it, I thought, that's a song of my generation. I remember listening to that back when I was about 11 or 12, and I just think, I didn't think you could ever make it any better. And I mean this from the heart. It's the best cover I've ever heard in my life of any, of any song. So oh, I, I think that, I think you deserve a lot of congratulations. I really appreciate that, man. Thank you. We, you know, we poured, we poured the best of ourselves into that. And mm. we're really grateful that, you know, we were able to kind of carry the torch for Dolores and the Cranberries and um, we're glad that, that the song touched a lot of people. Absolutely. All right. Now, you've got a lot going on. We're, we're, we're going to talk about what exactly you're doing with your tour. And I, you, you linked up, you're linking up with Megadeth uh, next year, I saw. You're playing some shows in Vegas. Uh, but let's talk about Nation, uh, which is coming out next week. Uh, now, of course, you burst on uh, with the album Disobey. Uh, can I ask you, have you changed direction on Nation? Are there any surprises there? Will we be hearing a different sort of Bad Wolves than perhaps your fans are used to? No, I think that, I think, you know, 
I think if anything, we 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 basically disobey was us finding ourselves and finding our sound and defining what we were, and then going into make the second record. It was a little bit effortless, you know. I think there was a lot of intuition. We had a lot of experience um, playing as a band together. We had a lot of experience understanding what our fan base, who they are, and what they love, and. I think we just gave them, you know, it was like, it's like everything in the kitchen sink. You know, we gave them what for. And I think this record is a very focused, um, it's a very, very focused, more mature version of what we are. And I think people who love Disobey will love this even more. And, um, you know, it has all the things. It's got brutal, heavy songs. It's got ballads. There are really, uh, there's a lot of emotional, um, a lot of emotionally, charged, honest, heart-pouring-out songs on this record. And that's kind of what we are. We, we're, we're like an, we're an open-book band. Mm. We, we open, share things that, that matter to us in our experiences. So you, you don't tend to hold anything back. I very much get that vibe from when I listen to your lyrics, Tommy. Uh, like you said, you are very open and honest. Like a lot of musicians and, and fans of music, do you use uh, your platform as a, as a form of therapy uh, with what you might be going through at any particular time? Um, I mean, I think music has always been a cathartic experience for me. I think it was my first form of therapy. I do go to therapy now <laughs> because uh, it, it's something that, for me, you know, dealing with PTSD and, and, you know, I've been sober for 10 years and um, I'm an attempted murder survivor. Like I've been, I've been through a lot of stuff and um, I, I just don't, I, I think that we're only as sick as our secrets. For me, I don't really, ha- I don't have any secrets. I have nothing to hide. Mm. And I, I just feel like all of my favorite artists kind of growing up, they were all different kinds of artists, but what they were were unapologetic in their vulnerability and saying, this is who I am, take it or leave it. And so for me, that's the only way to write good songs. Mm. You know, it's like, this, this is who I am. This is what's happened. This is how I got through it. Mm. Uh, maybe you like this. If you like it, cool. If you don't, that's okay too. I think there's a lot you of people know. that probably connect with that, Tommy. We have uh, big problems with mental illness here in Australia. Uh, a lot of people, uh, particularly men, being afraid to uh, put their hand up and, and ask for help. Uh, we still have that a bit of an element, particularly in Australia. Uh, people say this is the tough, menly men. But again, our suicide rates in men are, are far too high. A lot of people know someone that has unfortunately uh, committed suicide simply for not speaking up. Did it did it get very dark for you, Tommy, um, at, at one point? And uh, what what did it take for you to to ask for help? Oh, well, I think so. My when I really got into, I have had several kinds of bottoms. I've had like an, a bottom in alcoholism and addiction, um, and then I've had an emotional bottom where I was sober, but I could not find a reason to live anymore. Uh, and I had gone through this situation where my brother had tried to murder me, and it was a long, it was like two years out of my life of, you know, him going missing and the police having to arrest him and the FBI catching up with him. And I was in the witness protection for a little while. And then I testified against him and he was found guilty and convicted of 20 years in prison for attempted murder. And then I think after his sentencing, I became extremely suicidal. And part of that is, you know, I was being tough. I was like, I can handle this. I got this. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to do it. What I did inadvertently was I did not give my, myself space to grieve, and I didn't give myself room to feel my feelings. 
Because I think mostly we, as men, we get afraid that if we start to allow those feelings in, that we're going to crumble. And there's a lot of responsibility on us as people, just, you know, whatever your gender is. And I think women have a stronger sense of community where they, you know, girlfriends go to each other and, like, they're able to cry and hug it out where we go to a bar and drink, you know, or get into a fist fight. And that's how our, like, our broken emotions kind of manifest themselves. So, you know, I I wasn't really doing what I needed to do, and uh, I, I was going to jump in front of a train. And um, I remember standing on the platform, and and I, I put my – I had a suit that I put on my mother's spare bed for her to bury me in. And I went to this train platform to jump in front of the train, and I saw the train coming. And then my phone started ringing. Like, it's just one of these weird things where I have no idea why I answered the phone. Because obviously I was, like, committed to, to the situation. And uh, there was a kid on the phone, and he was crying, and uh, I didn't know the number. He said, is this Tommy? And I was like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like kind of busy right now. Who is this? And he just said, I need help. And so that kid was like, he was a... Uh, a singer in a punk rock band. He was, uh, and he had just overdosed on heroin. I think the day before he got kicked out of home and he knew that I was sober and desperately wanted to be sober. And so the train that was supposed to kill me pulled into the station and I got on the train and I met this kid and then I started hanging out with him every day <laughs> to make sure he didn't relapse. Mm. And we became friends. And, um, you know, he, he, I introduced him to recovery and he met a lot of people and then I wound up sponsoring him. And, um, you know, now he's one of my best friends and his whole life turned around and he's actually like, he's, he like became very successful on wall street after all this is like six years ago. I don't and, know. Uh, That's he, amazing, Tommy. I, I don't know. I don't think I've ever heard a story that, that emotional. I'm, I'm getting a little bit choked up, um, listening to it. It is just a, a miracle that you're still here. And obviously there's a higher power, uh, that still wanted you here. Um, and it wasn't just the music gods. So I commend you on that. So you're, you're a special guy. There's no question about that. Now, of course, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to cheer up. <laughs> I just really sort of got me a bit choked yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, no, it's all good. I mean, but that's the thing, like the, the, the moral of that story is, is that I got into a place where I, you know, I didn't, I couldn't ask for help. And it took somebody asking me for help for me to decide that life would be worth living. And so a lot of times what, what I've done in the past, cause I, I, I was um, a drug and alcohol counselor and a sober coach for a long time. And so what I was doing was like, I would, I would take people to like skid row or to feed the homeless. And I would, you know, basically if you're really suffering from suicidal ideation and self-termination, sometimes the best thing we could do is find someone who's in a worse situation than us and just give them a hand. And mm. it changes our perspective. And then you kind of get addicted to helping people. Yeah. And so I did that for a while and then I got better. And then, you know, it all kind of does what it does, you know? It's like, that's life. Exactly. Well, so actually... We this morning, I was sitting out the front of our studio here, uh, and people were dropping off food uh, to to feed those that are less fortunate, and uh, of course uh, to to give uh, kids healthy meals in school. So we had all these wonderful people that listened to Triple M come down and just d- drop off what they could to help. And it's just so amazing to see the the spirit there. And obviously, you would have seen it a lot as well from touring the world uh, and all and all the fans that you do meet. And speaking of that, Tommy, you have got a huge tour underway at the moment uh, over in America. I counted something like. 50 dates and then you're heading over to Europe uh, as well how's the tour been for you are you enjoying it very much is it the best form the band's ever been in 
Uh, well, so we've had, we've actually been on a break. So the past two months we've been off and we haven't had two months off in two years. So <laughs> we've all, everybody's been like kind of, you know, resting and getting ready. We've been shooting music videos. We've been doing press and getting ready for the record release. Uh, I thought it was a smart idea to write a biography and <laughs> that was very taxing. And um, I also started recording songs for the third Bad Wolves record because I'm a complete workaholic. Mm. And now we're going to go out on this tour with Five Finger and Three Days Grace and Fire from the Gods in the U.S. And then I'll be coming to Australia doing an acoustic tour with Danny Warsnop from Asking Alexandria from, from, I think, December 18th through the 24th. And um, then I come back to go back to the States for a couple weeks, and then we're off to Europe with Megadeth and Firefender. So it's just go, go, go. Yeah, we tour like crazy, and that's kind of like our gig. That's what we're, what we're into. Yeah, well, you guys do it so well. Tommy, uh, we've got to wrap things up, but I have to tell you, it, it was one of the best interviews I've ever had. Um, I didn't know a lot about you, uh, but I feel now that I've learned so much about you, uh, what a wonderful creator you are, along with your uh, your brothers in Bad Wolves. Uh, but to hear your story and, and how far you came when it seemed that you were right at the bottom is so inspiring, and I'm sure all my listeners will agree. Tommy Vext from The Bad Wolves, I wish you all the best uh, for the future. You deserve it, and I look forward to meeting you uh, when you come down to Melbourne, Australia. Awesome, awesome. All right, well, we got to get you down there. We'll put you on the list and then come, hang, come down, hang out, and let's, uh, let's chat it up. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Tommy Vext, the lead singer of Bad Wolves, lovely talking to you, my friend. Awesome. Thank you, guys.